Hey, horror fans, if you like what you're hearing, follow us on Instagram at I'm not scared, you're scared. Please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are talking about Hellraiser, 1987's Hellraiser. Not to be confused with the 42 other ones. (laughs) Um, We are actually, um, I'm Meredith, of course. and And I'm Katie. And we have a special guest. I'm Tony. Tony, he did our intro and outro music. We um, we're glad to have him here today. It's daytime. It's really yeah. This is strange. Throwing me off a yeah. little bit because we usually record. Yeah. And at we, night. we do have to acknowledge that Lorena could not be with us. This was her pick. Um, you made it then, sound bad. Like she's no longer with us. Like, oh, no, she's still she's living. Just working. <laughs> she's yeah. Alive. Did I say she's no longer with us? Well, she I just she said she's not with us. us. Yeah, she's not dead. She's, she's not, not dead. dead. She's totally living. But she she's picked sorry. a movie that nobody likes and then bailed. <laughs> and so I'm I'm the one here that actually does like this movie some. And so I will be taking the role of the fan of it for those purposes today. I don't. Okay, we'll get into it later. <laughs> yes, we will. We'll get into it later. So. We're gonna start with what's new with you. I will. I will go first. Uh, I've hey, just Meredith, been. What's new with you? Um, I've just been working a lot and playing a lot of World of Warcraft. I'm really mad because they changed something in the game, and then I had to do it everything over again. And it's really important to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really mad about it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just like I'm feeling. The season, and I love Halloween, like October time, and it's making me happy. So I'm like watching a lot of scary, scary shows, movies, all that stuff. And I always get into kind of a deep depression after <laughs> Halloween. I'm like, there's, <laughs> it's over. I'm like, there's nothing. There's like no reason for me to be spooky anymore <laughs> without it looking weird. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Morticia did it. I know, but I have I have to clean up the bones out of my front yard, otherwise it's like frowned upon if I don't. <laughs> you just need to make them Christmas bones. Yeah, yeah, all my real bones. So what's new with you, Katie? Um, well, I mean, speaking of the season, we did get a lot of rain this week, um, which I don't know how that impacted your teaching experience for the week, but it definitely, you know, changes uh, the business end of a school day in a way that's not super, super pleasing for Are you a teacher me. as well? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so am I. Thank you. <laughs> oh, we all yeah. suffer. Yeah. Um, it's always Halloween when we're a teacher. That's true. Halloween. There's always something horrifying happening. <laughs> but yeah, Stuff just... Um, flying from a child's mouth. Unfortunately, I have any projectile vomiting. soup flying from people's faces. But just, you know, not being able to send them outside for recess and for oh, lunch and, like, not even getting those few moments of quiet and, and solace and everything. Just, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it makes the whole day feel weird. Like, it's not mm-hmm. punctuated with, like, breaks like it would normally be. And then everything's slippery. And, you know, the, the children smell damp. Like, <laughs> well, yours are extra funky because they're older. Like, then they're going through. Yeah, yeah the fifth graders. There are, about half of them are starting that journey, and the other half have no clue what's coming. Um, <clears throat> but, yeasty, yeasty children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that wasn't, it was a new experience of seeing it from that angle. And then myself, like, I walked to school. And so, you know, two, I guess two mornings last week, um, it was, you know, steadily raining for my walk to school. And so the whole, like, we- wearing my, my rain jacket over my backpack to keep it dry so it looked like a hunchback going down the street with my umbrella. And, like, and you're like, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, walk don't this look way. Now. Don't look now. Oh, don't look now, yes. <laughs> like walk this way (laughs) yeah um but yeah i mean that's i think that that's the the most significant new experience for me (laughs) lately how about you tony um well this is new doing a podcast in meredith's house which is like a uh a museum of horror and (laughs) 
I'm doing a, a bow stuff. for those of you at home. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a bow. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's uh, pretty outstanding. Um, thank you. Um, I also I've been learning to knit. I know it's not very manly, but um, my wife owns a owns a yarn store in the Pacifica, so we're, I've been learning to knit finally. I suppose there's probably manly things that you could knit. Yes. Beard like warmer. Oh, beard yeah. warmer. Yeah. Beard warmer. An yeah. anvil. Chainsaw <laughs> <Jane> cozy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yes. there's patterns for it. So yeah. that's yeah, I'm sure. That's, so or maybe that's a niche that you're on you're about to yeah. power fill. tools, yeah. knitting yeah. power tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> so that's what's new with me. Good, good. Well, it's mm. good you're embracing. There's so many amazing yarns. You might as well like I know, yeah. just jump in feet yeah. first and, yeah. and it is it one of those hobbies where then you find out you're like why how did I end up with all of this yarn but if you're probably already living that life uh, yeah we, so yeah, yeah. might as well make stuff with Absolutely, it yeah. yeah finally cave into the yarn good good <laughs> the power of the yarn he's <laughs> <laughs> like so many skeins <laughs> <laughs> um so Katie did well since Lorena bailed she took on the the um the job of doing the synopsis uh, for Hellraiser, and you're gonna go ahead and okay. Um, so yeah, what's so happening, Katie? Uh, <laughs> I am I am doing this Hellraiser recap, and even though it is the shortest recap I've ever done, it's still longer than the longest recap Meredith has ever done, which was uh, Rosemary's Baby. Which was Rosemary's Baby. It's like six of these, <laughs> six six giant six post-its. Giant post-its. <laughs> wow. I know, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So um, here we go. So Hellraiser, uh, the first one released in 1987, is about a man named Frank who, in his explorations of the extreme, gets possession of a puzzle box that he uses to open a doorway to another dimension. From that dimension, he's visited by the Cenobites, leader of whom is the famous Pinhead, uh, who essentially decimate his body uh, in an attic room of the family house. They just tear him to little bitty, little bitty pieces. Wait, is that what they were? Sorry, continue. I, th- I didn't know. I thought they were in another realm for some reason. Nope, they were in that attic room. And oh, then gotcha. after okay. after Frank is destroyed, then they go, zoop, and everything disappears. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Continue. <clears throat> so uh, soon Frank's brother Larry and his, uh, I put, high-maintenance bitch of a wife, Julia, because <laughs> um, <laughs> she's the worst, <laughs> no matter how much she tries to look like David Bowie, she is the worst. <laughs> Um, so they take possession of the family house. Uh, they think that Frank is MIA. Um, and then around the same time, we meet Larry's daughter, Kirsty, uh, who lives nearby. Apparently, Tony's not a Kirsty fan. I'm sure we'll hear about that. <laughs> um, and so as uh, Larry and Julia, while they're moving into the new house, um, we get little flashback windows in the backstory of Julia, find out that she actually met and hooked up with Frank shortly before her wedding to Larry. So, you know, that whole thing where you're about to get married and you meet your groom's brother and you sleep with him that that's, thing that's what you're su- I, I think it's that? I think it's a Nordic tradition oh correct okay. me if I'm wrong oh All right. uh, yeah um so we you know we get that backstory um and then you know we we see her kind of uh, discovering Frank's things that are littered around the house because he was squatting there um and you know she fondles them and whatnot it's clear she's still <laughs> hot she's still hot for Frank even though she's married to Larry now <laughs> Um, Larry's kind of boring. Anyway. Yeah, Larry's dull. Larry's doldrums. Um, So during the moving in process, Larry cuts his hand, um, and Julia's in the attic room where Frank died when uh, Larry comes to her with this wounded hand, and so the blood drips onto the floorboards of the room. Um, And, of course, those drops of blood resurrect Frank, because that's how, you know, death and stuff works. Um, Mm -hmm. And in this resurrection, this is where we do get a really great display of Clive Barker's FX work. So it's the kind of the... the That was a good scene. I did like Mm -hmm. that resurrection scene. I like the backward filming of the blood going into the floorboards. Yeah. And the heart coming together and all the organs. Building out, yeah. And then you had like the arms shooting up out and then pushing (laughs) down and then he's like lifting himself up. So it's it's kind of an impressive uh, display. Yeah. 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 and so uh, later on that night or soon after, um, Julia is trying to escape this, you know, dull dinner party with her husband and friends. And she ends up um, back upstairs in this room and she meets this semi-resurrected version of Frank, this creature, um, and convinces and the creature convinces her that he needs more blood to fully return. And since it's Frank and, you know, Frank's her boy toy, she's like, OK, um, and she starts hunting businessmen at bars in the afternoons. With and her big 
clamshell earring. <laughs> her giant ear- and her shoulder pads that are like up to the earrings, like, like angled upward. She made her choices. Okay? <laughs> right? Got kind of like kind of a prince thing going with her blazers. Um, so she brings these guys back to the house and takes them up to the attic room and she murders them and then Frank consumes them and continues to regenerate. Um, in time, Frank tells her about the puzzle box uh, and he um, explains how it opens doors, quote, to the pleasures of heaven or hell um, and how it offers the, quote, pain and pleasure indivisible. And so we're like, okay, I guess. Massage. You're like, it hurts so good. Um, And then she also learns from Frank that she's kind of helping him escape the Cenobites um, by helping him come back to life. Um, So, unfortunately, uh, it's not too long. And then Kirsty stumbles into Uncle Frank at the house, um, who, you know, kind of creepily comes on to her in a weird, nasty way. Um, But she does escape with the puzzle box. Um, But shortly after, you know, down the street or whatever, she passes out and awakens in the hospital, which I feel like this happens in like one out of four horror movies. You like pass out and wake up. Awful hospital. Yeah, Yeah, wake up in the hospital room. Um, Fortunately, when they admitted her to the hospital, they made sure she still had her puzzle box. Yeah, keep that. Um, so she's, you know, we're gonna take your pants, right? <laughs> but you need to keep we're your puzzle box. We're gonna shave your head, but you're gonna leave the puzzle box. Um, and so she starts playing with it, and she opens a doorway to the other realm herself. Um, and so the the Cenobites uh, arrive, mm-hmm. and um, th- at this point we we get a little bit more dialogue from Pinhead. He gives a little bit more information about about them and about himself. And, um, and is it that when he says his classic line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he uses the phrase to describe them as they are demons to some and angels to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and they arrive and they're about to take her. And that's when, you know, he says the line that no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. <laughs> <laughs> um, These are my students. <laughs> there you go. There you go. How old are your students? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> I mean, I do have a pinhead Funko up in my classroom right Aww, now. So. That's okay. cute. Um, but so Christy tells them um, that Frank has escaped them and at first Pinhead said impossible and she goes no no I've seen him and she offers to take them to Frank in exchange for her own life um, and so Pinhead agrees and that's when he says if you cheat us we'll tear your soul apart and we're like ooh awesome. chill like, oh. that is good um Okay, so back at the house, this is before, you know, Kirsty gets back. Julie and Frank are kind of worrying that, like, um, Kirsty's going to ruin their plan and all. Um, and then we just kind of leave a pin in that discussion between the two of them. You know, and Frank, at this point, he's not, like, fully regenerate. He still, like, has no skin. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's able to wear clothes, but he kind of, like, oozes through the clothes. That's the weird thing. He, he puts clothes on and just ruins <laughs> Right? Them. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God. Like, on. basically, I guess once that he got to the point where his penis regenerated, then he was like, I need to cover up. This is indecent. He looks indecent. like mucusy. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm a little embarrassed. I know. Right, right. Oh. the shit in pants. <laughs> I know. just ooze through them. <laughs> um, but then, so Kirsty then shows up at the house, and she's, you know, hysterical, and she's trying to tell Larry about what's going on. But Larry, who now all of a sudden is, like, kind of acting weird and kind of covered in blood around the edges. <laughs> we, we all have to talk about this. Yeah. I have things to say. The same, yeah. He's like, baby, baby, it's fine. That crazy hairline. Yeah, right, right along the hairline. Are you not seeing yeah. the pus? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's like he colored his hair and it's like he's waiting for it to set. He just did yes. his roots. And he's That's like exactly waiting, what it is. Waiting Vaseline? to rinse. <laughs> yeah, and he's like pushing it into place. Um, and so he tells Kirsty, oh, he knows all about it. He says that Frank has been put out of his misery. Baby, it's fine. It's okay. And she doesn't demands to see the body. Um, and so when, when they take her to the body that's laying in the attic room with no skin on it, and Pinhead arrives, um, and he demands to, to have the man who killed Frank, because basically Frank belonged to Pinhead, and then Frank escaped. And so if someone else killed Frank, then that means Pinhead still owed, I guess, a body on his checklist, so he wants the man that killed Frank, um, which is supposedly Larry, and so Kirstie's like, no, you know, you can't have him because she's trying to protect her father. Um, She, of course, is not realizing that the dead body on the floor is, in fact, her father, and that Frank is wearing a Larry skin suit. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So the uh, Cenobites reclaim Frank um, in in his Larry in his Larry suit, but not before Larry manages to suck the life out of Julia by like you know sticking his fingers into her throat and just kind of absorbing all of the fluids from her body. It was very satisfying. I know it was good to see her go that way. You're like, can you make this last a little longer? I need this. I need to revel in this moment. Um. So then. Um, this Frank ends up back up upstairs in the room. Pinhead uh, takes him back, and they. This is another really good FX moment where you know he's got the hooks have re you know entered his body, and he's stretched out, yeah. um, and his face is kind of stretched out. And before he's ripped into pieces, he goes, "Jesus wept," and I don't really and lick his lips as well. Yeah, like a sexy yeah, in a really yeah <laughs> sexy. Yeah. I was gonna say gross, but yeah, it was, it was seductive. Like, he was going for so seductive. It reminded me of. Reagan, not Morgan. Right, yeah. Uh, when she does that weird, like, tug thing. And oh, like, yeah. Ew, uh, you're gross. She's yeah. trying to be creepy and weird and gross. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand the the reason for the Jesus wept comment there, but... No. Okay. Apparently, it was supposed mm. to be F-U, and they changed it. I was reading Oh, yeah? Originally. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. They they had too yeah, many yeah, F-bombs in the movie, and they had like, to make their like, rating. Quick, what's something weird? What <laughs> <laughs> can we say <laughs> instead of F-U? Bible quote. Right, yeah. Uh, Bible. Throw Jesus that right wept. in there. <laughs> yeah. Two by two. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, then, you know, the, the hooks rip him into a million pieces, and, you know, that's the end of Frank again. Oh. Um, so then a, a chase commences throughout the house. It's the center. Cenobites are pursuing Kirsty, you know, even though she was supposed to be off the hook at this point. But she is able to recapture all of them back into the puzzle box, and she survives the ordeal. Um, so you in our mention um, the the guy. Who yeah. Up. So I He's like um, screech from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> the creepy hobo man. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no, no, not the hobo man. Her boyfriend. Oh, so this was I usually yeah. get too detailed in my recaps okay, and so right. for this yeah. one I try I I did omit a, a couple of things. She's Kirstie dating does Screech. Have, Everyone at home, she's dating Screech. She's dating Screech. Uh, yeah, but he's he's I don't know, I have a bad um connotation for Screech. Um so I I, I like this guy. Oh, he's not I, too uh, bad. Screech then. is not a good person. No, not not oh, really. I mean, God rest like his soul. Like a real life person? Yeah, as a real oh. life person. <clears throat> um Okay, so now we've got our closing scene. Kirsty with her, you know, adorable 80s boyfriend who has does have curly, dark hair. Um, <laughs> I like that he puts his acid wash jacket right Yeah, that's so tender. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're walking through an abandoned lot where there are just fires burning. And the chair yeah. on fire? <laughs> like, and it's you know, as their chair. Is, like, it, ha- it has like kind of that, you know, at the end of Candyman when there's the bonfire and everything, but that bonfire is intentional. These just seem like it's spontaneously like ignited the spots. they have the fires. Yeah, it's the fire Every lot. Every town's got one. <laughs> Every town's oh, got yeah. a fire lot. The fire district. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, um, they're walking through the lot and she tosses the puzzle box into the fire, you know, understandably, like, let's destroy this so that um, it doesn't happen again. But then a, a homeless man appears and so this homeless man is another character that I, you know, neglected to fill us in on. He's, she's encountered him a couple times um, so far in the movie. So he appears and he steps into the fire and once in the fire transforms into a skeletal winged demon who then flies off with the puzzle box clutched in his talons. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then we get mm-hmm. like kind of a really cool wipe transition um, from the him flying away with the, the puzzle box to back to the shop where Frank had originally gotten the box in the beginning of the movie, and it's being given to the next unsuspecting soul. The bat flew back to Morocco. <laughs> from wherever they were. Yeah. Either that or it's the it's the shop where they got Gizmo at the beginning of Gremlins. Oh. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the credits roll. Good job. Oh, so, thank you. That's Hellraiser. Thanks for doing that. No problem. Was it scary? <laughs> Tony, was yeah, it? The only bit that made me cringe was the bit with the when he catches his hand on the nail because I've done that uh, in real life. That's really painful. Yeah. But and the ch- I thought the chase at the end through the house mm-hmm. was genuinely quite suspenseful. Yeah. I'm not a fan of um, jump shocks in horror fil- films. I think they're cheap, and I always feel like, ah, oh, damn it, you got me. And I hate it. But, but you didn't um, earn it. Yeah. But it, you didn't earn my fright. But I thought the story was good. It was a really good story. I liked Clive Barker. I like his writings. He wrote the Books of Blood, which I loved a lot when I was a kid. But the problem with Hellraiser for me was in 86, they released The Fly, which for me was such a great film, mm-hmm. such a great horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. was really into horror after seeing that because I was only 17. 
And so going to see that was a bit of a disappointment. So for me, it was not scary. So you were like all juiced up to go see Hellraiser yeah, after you had high expectations. Me and my friend Craig, because um, I, I grew up in Wales, and we went to the ABC cinema in Bridge Street, and we were so excited to see this film. And within like 10 minutes, I was like, I hate this. <laughs> set in New York, and it's clearly London, because it was filmed in London. Um, oh yeah, I didn't know that. So I could tell it was, you could tell it wasn't New York, and I and I, and I was a real snob when I was a kid. I wanted authenticity. You <laughs> <laughs> like that bat flew too goddamn far to get back to Morocco. So this didn't bug me so much this time, but I remember that when the first time I saw it, I thought, "That's not New York. That's London. I've been to London. That looks like London." and it was filmed in London. So. so then he waited for like 30 years for IMDb to come out and he looked up and it, yes, it was filmed in London. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> he was like I knew it, God damn it. <laughs> so I wasn't going to let it bug me this time and it didn't so much, but a lot of other things did. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other things bugged you. Yeah. Well, I know who can relate to that. Uh, I... Gone, Meredith. What did not... you say? <laughs> not... This is her choosing her words nope. carefully. <laughs> it's... Okay, I watched this the first time on UPN, Ooh. Channel 21, when I was, I want to say 11 or 12. I apologize what I'm about to say, Tony. I, it was like the 90s. This is like the late 90s. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, mid-90s. And no, it came I was out like, in 87, so if you were 11 or 12, it was... No, it, okay, math, whatever. Anyway, wait, I was... Backwards math. Dang it. I was too young. I mean, it was like cut a lot of it, you know, like when it's ready oh, yeah, for yeah. like to be on television, they yeah cut out so much. But I was like, what is this? This was the era of like watching Candyman, Hellraiser, mm-hmm. like all, they were just showing all this stuff. And I was like, well, it's edited for TV. I can watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yep. And I thought it was intriguing. And I always watched, I watched it, I think probably it's been 10 times at least, more mm-hmm. than that maybe. And I always... I'm like, oh, I think I like that, and I always forget what happened because it makes. I forgot about the no dragon. sense. Yeah, that totally. Yeah. that threw me. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, I when I came in before we did the podcast, I did use the hate word to say <laughs> I hated this film, but actually there was a lot of there's a lot of good things in it, and consider I think it was Clive Barker's first film. I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I think, um, I was disappointed because um, Andrew Robinson, who played the the husband Larry he was Larry yeah. mm-hmm. he was in Dirty Harry and I was a, I'm a, was a big fan of that film as well and so I was very excited to see him in it but his acting was just terrible was yeah. just... except at the end with the with the blood around the face and oh. he leaned into that pretty good so there's job, one yeah. weird thing that I well I, I watched it a lot of times and I always forget what happens and then I'm just like oh well there's the guy with the pins and the weird's like Cinnabites. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I was like, I thought it was related to like Cinnabon Sin. or oh, something. Cin- <laughs> <laughs> Cinnabites. I was like, Cinnabites? So were their heads huge? Like I was bigger 11. than normal? I, I don't. <laughs> and drizzled in syrup? <laughs> and drizzled, <laughs> drizzled in some yeah. kind of frosting. It didn't make. I was, I don't, anyway, I had that weird connotation, which that's I so can funny. never shake. It's that sort yeah. of. Like the weird assumption that you make as a child. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, like growing up in in the Catholic Church. I always imagined Pontius Pilate being a pilot. Yeah. And so I had a little thing in my head, kind of like Snoopy is the Red Baron, going on in my head every time we would say the Apostles' Creed, and they would talk about Pontius Pilate, and I'm like, oh, there he goes in his airplane. <laughs> He's like, Reed. Um, yeah, but I forgot about this one part that always makes me laugh. It, it's when Frank, he's like all weird and she, he sees Kier, Kiersey, Kirsten, yeah. and he's like, come to daddy. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And then later, that's the tell. He's like, come to daddy. And he's like, she's like, oh, you're not my dad. And I'm like, <laughs> my dad would never say something gross like that. <laughs> I'm like, how? Okay. Anyway, but I love Clive Barker, as Tony mentioned, like his, his work is, his FX work is, I mean, it's legendary. Yeah. So I can always appreciate what that. What things has he done? Like film-wise, not a lot. I, I mean, aside from yeah. all but one of the <laughs> Hellraiser movies, oh, really? um, and Candyman. And, I think and, he's inspired a lot of people who do that kind yeah, of thing, though. But and it, yeah, has His been like an instructor, teacher, person. I mean, they're great. I mean, he's a rival to Stephen King. 
Um, I remember that story he wrote called In the Towns and the Cities. Have you ever read that short story? Mm-hmm. About people fighting each other, but they tie each other to each other. And if you've read this story, I've got the title totally wrong, but it's about two rival towns and the people once a year make themselves into giants out of their bodies and they mm-hmm. fight each other. And it's really, oh they, they like break arms and they decapitate each other. It's just really... So it's like when the Power Rangers all yeah, assemble like, into one creature. Yeah, it's, like that. it's just weird. And lots of it, like the Midnight Meat Train, which was a film, I think. And Oh, the Midnight Meat Train? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. Great, great short stories. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know he made yeah. other films, though. Right, yeah. I clearly didn't do any research for this podcast. It's <laughs> okay. You, this you is a high-level podcast, know, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so, Katie. Yep. You're the person who's advocating I'm the this. advocate, the defender of the, <laughs> the film. The defender. Yeah. Um, I think that it has the potential to be scary. Yes. Um, I think that uh, the first time so I saw this when I was probably around the same time age you were Meredith like kind of middle school age went back when I would like to go to the video store and rent an entire series like mm-hmm. a you know the horror movies with the excessive sequels um, and rent them all and watch them all like in a binge and um, it is it's especially I think when you're younger and like some of the 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 sexual connotations and things that are, are a kind of mysterious and unfamiliar like that was like ooh is this, is this bad is this Naughty, is that disgusting? Like, what does he mean, pleasure and pain? Is it cinnamon? <laughs> is, it, is it cinnamon? Is it cinnamon flavored or just cinnamon scented? <laughs> where, where? I've ruined this movie for everybody. I'm sorry. What a cinnamon bun, though. Yeah, um, but it it is um, it is creep. It's gross. You know the effects, even though yeah. they um, they're not like CGI level, super realistic looking. Like when the hooks are going through skin, the skin does look like a plastic bag um but yes. they're they're gross yeah. and they're yeah. you know like yeah and like the when the poles are rotating with like an ear stuck here and like a piece of a face yeah. stuck here like it, he really got dove into that let's just make this like disgusting you know yeah, yeah. um and so that i think can you know can be kind of scary and the the story is interesting i think it's it maybe it's suffered from some of the performances um but it is one of the few scary movies I made my husband watch when we were first together before I realized that he really doesn't like being scared. Oh, my <laughs> wife is the same. She yeah. doesn't like being scared. Yeah. I bought um, The Exorcist on, oh no, The Blair Witch Project on DVD once and she made me keep it in the, the trunk of the car. <laughs> Better than the freezer. It's like putting <laughs> it in the freezer. Yeah, yeah, it's like that, yeah. yeah. Retain the evil to the freezer yeah. or the yeah. trunk. So he did not enjoy watching this, how it, you know, made him feel. It was it was back, you know, early in the relationship when they're trying, they're really not trying to impress you necessarily, but really trying extra hard yeah. to make you happy. And they go along with things that 10, 15 years later, they're like, nope, not they doing that for you. You know, like, I love you. I don't need to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> the precedent has been set. Exactly. We have children together. So we can uh, yeah. buy it off with watching Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, you go watch that with one of our children and I'll just judge you silently. Yeah, yeah right. I liked I liked Hellraiser. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, there's a lot to critique about it, but I realized when I got, because I watched it over two breakfasts, especially <laughs> early in the morning before I went to work, and I watched one half before on Wednesday, and I watched the second half on Thursday. Really and puts you in a good frame of mind to go teach children. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> but I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought, I forgot about the dragon bit. I forgot about the the homeless person who looked like Mick Fleetwood. Um, <laughs> eating the, the crickets. The, yeah. 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 He's like, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, you wouldn't call it campy, but to watch it now, it really it did take yourself too seriously. That's the thing. Yeah, so it it feels. I think it like really relies on being repulsive. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What <laughs> and I, it is kind I, of. And I think yeah. that the time I remember because I was there at the time in the eighties um, when the fly. I come back to the fly again because mm-hmm. that was famous for being because at the time there was RoboCop which was extremely violent, and yeah. The Fly was extremely gory. Yeah. And it was a big mainstream It movie. was gross. It was the visuals yeah. in that were gross. are just, like, kind of ca- tried to capitalize and cash in on that, because mm-hmm. it, it was, there was a lot of gross stuff around in the 80s mm-hmm. at that time. 
Yeah. The yeah. 80s were yeah. gross. <laughs> the 80s were gross. It was a it was a gross time. 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 It she had to tell Tony she's got like binders like of DVDs binders. Yeah. of. It's a problem. Like, every movie problem. sequel <laughs> that's like a horror. Yeah, because I went through a, like, a, maybe about ten years ago. I started doing this thing where for Halloween I would gift myself an entire series on DVD. So wow. I would pick one and then just go on Amazon and order. So every... you have all ten Hellraiser movies. Is it no, 10? well, no. So here it's it's actually so hmm. I have, I have eight. Um, and I'll I'll explain <laughs> why. Are they, all, are they all kind of good? They're no, they. <laughs> yeah. Short answer, no. Yeah, no. I feel like what I've observed with a lot of the series is they it's like an inverted bell curve. Like these movies, like the first one, sometimes the immediate sequel is good. Then you get the really crappy, low effort cash in yeah. sequels that are no good. And then when horror movies started kind of having a resurgence and people were investing better performers, more money um, in them in like maybe 2000 and onward, yeah. then they started kind of getting better again. And so I think that usually if you look at a series like the the first couple are the best out of the series and then the most recent are usually pretty good and then the ones in the middle are the real garbage. Would you say that's <laughs> true of Halloween movies? Uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the whole, I mean, the, the Halloween, with it having the multiple timelines, everything on the timeline with um, with Laurie's daughter, the all of those sequels were pretty bad. <laughs> it, it wasn't until they were like, we're going to scrap that timeline, we're going to start fresh, we're going to get rid of the daughter and make him a son, and then we're going to keep go from there. Uh, then it got good again. So... <clears throat> We have this first Hellraiser came out in 87. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 came out the very next year in 88. Uh, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, came out in 92. Hellraiser Bloodline came out in 96. Hellraiser Inferno came out in 2000. Hellraiser Hellseeker came out in 2002. And then in 2005, we got two sequels in one year. Hellraiser Deader. And Hellraiser Hell World, which is the one I made you guys watch that time. Oh my god. Um, So Hell World is the, (laughs) I would say it would be an example of the recent sequels that I think is just great. It has Henry Cavill in it, um, Mm pre-Superman, and it's got Lance Henriksen in it, just out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, And they took the concept into the digital age by making Hellraiser an online multiplayer game that all of these kids get really into. And then if you get to a certain level in the online game, you get an invitation to this house party that is supposed to be kind of like an experiential, you know, in-person version of the game, which then, of course, it turns into it actually is a real version of the game because Pinhead is there killing people. (laughs) Um, So I really liked that sequel. Now, those are um, the, the... those are the ones I own. And then there's another one that came out in 2011 called Hellraiser Revelations. So that would have been the, the ninth one. But it does not have Doug Bradley as Pinhead. It is Ew. the only one that does not have Doug Bradley I as Pinhead. I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, so no thank in you. In that case. Um, and I have not seen that one and I don't own it. I mean, if I had so the opportunity to watch it, oh, are you, I might. just shutting it. I'm shunning it. It's shunned. Yeah. Shun. 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 Unshun. Unshun. Um, So that would have that's would be the ninth one in the series. And then, as I mentioned to us right before we started um, recording, the reboot um, that is due out in 2022. So next year, they have cast a female pinhead, which oh, yeah. I think is so progressive and yeah. delightful. And so I will definitely be seeing the reboot, especially because it's not a sequel. It's not? Um, it's, no, it is a reboot. It's completely a re- new. Okay. Yeah. So re- re- not a remake of Hellraiser? No. Okay. No. So it's not going to be necessarily. It's a reboot and a remake. So a remake would be like if they're like, okay, it's going to be Frank and Larry and Julia and Kirstie again. Oh. And we're going to remake it. Oh, a reboot is like. Yeah, a reboot is like, we're going back to the get go. We're not building on any of the previous sequels, but they have the opportunity to reimagine it or introduce different characters in telling the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's due out next year. I mean, I'll so still watch it. Me too. Yeah, I'm curious. I'll go. I'm hell curious. <laughs> I'm hella curious. <laughs> they will be Cinnabons. Have they? Have they? That's going to be your Hellraiser fan Dear fiction. Hellraiser people. You need to incorporate cinnamon cinnamon rolls into the giant situation. evil cinnamon rolls the cinnamon. that can be that, the pleasure part of the pleasure pain dichotomy I know I mean what's not to like <laughs> <laughs> this is a great idea it's the cinnamons hi hi hello scary at all. and yeah. they're like nom, 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 like nom. <laughs> you know that weird one yeah the one that's teeth are always He's chattering like, nom, nom, nom. ooh I hated him um well, so that was interesting. Thank you for all the <laughs> all the information, information the, about my book report. Of Your book report. Yep. I have only like a few little tidbits that were I thought were interesting. Um, I mentioned that I thought the come to daddy was really funny, <laughs> and I forgot. And then I read earlier today about how um, the Aphex Twins. Um, they made that song or like the whole album called Come to Daddy and then they have the song called Come to Daddy and like all of the lyrics are from the Hellraiser movie are like I'll eat your soul come That's to funny. daddy come come to daddy <laughs> That's incredible <laughs> It was the late 90s I really I bought the album and I really tried to like it but then I hated it because I was like it's just too much noise and I guess I was old before my time no, <laughs> yes. These videos are disturbing though They'll Talk about it, scary Yeah like that Come to face, Daddy one was the face yeah where they all have the, the teddy bears, is it? Is that um, the one? It was like little kids. Little and then kids, that's have... right. Yeah, that was a disturbing <laughs> yeah. video. So I guess he took a page from Clive Barker and wanted to be creepy and gross and had come to daddy, which was... Yeah. Um, I gave it a rewatch and I was like, oh, just as horrible as I remember. Yeah, that's one of the most upsetting <laughs> things that someone can say. Come to daddy. And you're like, yeah. ew. Even if you're an actual father talking to your actual child, you should never use that <laughs> phrase. No, not ever. Gross. So I had yeah. a few other fun facts um, so you mentioned like that you thought the acting was not good. Clive Barker, and he, I quote, he cast British theater actors because he wanted to cast actual good talent, not oh, just pretty faces, like faces okay. of, that were um, like attractive faces. Mm-hmm. So, so what was the whole primary cast all British? Uh, I don't. I think so. I don't know. Really? I, I think they said on the th- the article I read it was like a lot of people who were in the theater yeah. in England, but maybe. Transplants or um, Transplants. theater, yeah. Like well, because from, Julia from, like, spoke yeah. with from, an like, accent, but the rest of them spoke with American accents. Yeah, so I don't I'm, know. IMDb, I'm going to do IMDb, look it up. I'm looking at. But um, I thought that was interesting because I was like, it was really bad. Yeah, I mean, his heart was in the right place, but he did not pull it off. <laughs> I know. So I just thought it was a little bit shocking. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's surprising to me, especially after we watched, we talked about Rosemary's Baby, and they had like. That caliber of acting versus oh, like this, that, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And there's like, uh, like Ruth Gordon Oscar-winning acting, and how it does really change a movie oh, and yeah. believability and like how you perceive something or receive like a, a film, um, and it it doesn't just depend on being repulsive, yeah. You know, so and then um, the movie poster wasn't supposed to be Pinhead. Okay, it was supposed to be Frank. Who was like all gross, mm. but uh, the studio thought it was too gross. Too upsetting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they're like, no, it's too gruesome. It needs to be pinhead. Mm-hmm. And so then it was him holding the yeah, because that's the not box. upsetting at all. A man with pins sticking out all over his head mm-hmm. didn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I was more intrigued when yeah. I was a kid. So, and then the Cinnabites. <laughs> you can't even say it. I can't the say Cinnabites. it. Cinnabites. I'm like, yeah, I'm eating them right now. <laughs> it's like, like, it's not like a whole cinnamon. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you go to Wetzel's Pretzels and they have the little pretzel bites, except it's I can't a- <laughs> ever rend myself with That's, this. Yeah, it's ruined thing. forever. I'm sorry. The Cinnabites. So they, that look, the costume designer, it was inspired by. The New York S and M clubs. So he I just like it, yeah. stole their idea. Like <laughs> black leather, them. there was studs mm-hmm. and belts yeah. and yeah. And the it that whole like movement and like what they were wearing and stuff was called repulsive glamour. <laughs> repulsive <laughs> glamour. Yeah. Okay. You don't you don't you don't have, <laughs> you don't do that? I mean I would say that the one female Cenobite I could call her glamorous. She was the one that had the curved wire. She looked wire. purple. Yeah, and she had and the, the yeah. purple lips. thing that she kept um, fingering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like but then the the, the, like one, the one that kind of looked like a slug that had the sunglasses on. Yeah, with the stitched eyes, I thought. Yeah. That, that yeah. Was yeah. He was and, gross. And then Ugh. the... Um, 
And then the chattering teeth. Like, I wouldn't call either of those individuals glamorous. (laughs) Pinhead, I mean, with he's real real smooth. No, he does have, I don't think they're talking about what their fate, like, them as people. Oh, just their wardrobe. Like, they're, they're pleather pants or whatever they're wearing (laughs) and they're, like, chains and, anyway. Um, And lastly, Clive Barker's grandfather, he was, he was the, uh, a cook on a ship and he brought a puzzle box back from the Far East, and that was what inspired him to think of, like, the cube that would be, like, a way to yeah. enter that place, yeah. the devil place, whatever How it's do you called. know there's something wrong with your grandson when you bring him a puzzle box back from your voyage, and it gives him the idea? <laughs> Interdimensional torture beings. He was inspired. He was inspired. He, had to do it. he was a creative bloke. <laughs> no, he was eating his cinnamon buns one day. <laughs> what am I going to call him? Playing his puzzle, licking his frosting, L- licking the frosting off his fingers. I've ruined this for everyone. Anyway, mm-hmm. so yep. that's my all my fun facts. Yeah, about, they were fun. about that. They yeah, were fun. I know. Well, I mean, I like Clive Barker. I've watched it like every year. I watched this um, show. It it was. Um, in the early 2000s on Bravo and it was a hundred scariest movie moments and it had like all these people who were like filmmakers, actors and they had Romero, Clive Barker like all these people and um, they talked about it just had like a countdown of like the hundred scariest movie moment up until like the number one and um, it provides like insight and background on some of the movies the actors talk about the experience and I it's hence like it's not on television anymore so I watch it on um, YouTube every year it's just like a fun like tradition um and he talks about <laughs> Clive Barker talked about how Pinhead um the he the character gets like love letters from um oh, from people who are they yeah, found the so. one <laughs> and they love him those are the kind of people that like write love letters to death row inmates except mm-hmm. these yeah. ones are also delusional mm-hmm. yeah cause Pinhead's not real I, know. No, I don't no, know if you guys know this he's a normal looking bloke yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I highly recommend that I think it's a lot of fun but I also really appreciate Clive Barker and how talented mm-hmm. he is and Could how much he's offered yeah. sure yeah. I, like watch, yeah I love it and I watch I it every year I have so. to watch horror on my own when my wife is either in bed or at work so I have to sneak it in yeah, yeah. she just doesn't engage with horror at all it's just too yeah. I had to cultivate my daughter into mm-hmm. a uh, she said she wants to watch Midsummer. Um, oh, we're not fans of that. Because I, you're not fans so of that. So boring. I oh, I love that film. I know you. Know, yeah, I know. I know. I know. You get really offended when I say I like that film. Right, really. Well, but it's funny. That's actually I'm one so of the contrary. examples. What I was thinking of when you were saying earlier about how you loved The Fly so much, and then you were so disappointed uh, by Hellraiser because there's a couple of movies where my argument for them is that we didn't like them mm-hmm. when we first saw them because our expectations were too high. Right. And so yeah. when we saw Midsummer, we were coming off of Hereditary. And mm-hmm. we loved Hereditary so much. That was a good film. And yeah. so we were scary. super, super disappointed. And oh. so the other one that, that I applied that one to was the um, the Ouija movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is that a film called Ouija? Yeah. Yes. And then there's a sequel. Yeah. And the sequel is far better than the original. But the original I remembered being terrible because I had really high expectations at the time. Right. And then when I went back and rewatched it after saying for years that it was terrible, I go, oh, it actually wasn't that bad. And so I think that if you're... If your expectations are too high when you first watch it, you're going to get, obviously, a very different take on it. Sure, sure. I mean, so I I'll think that's it... what happened with Midsummer with us. Yeah, I'd say, I'm, yeah on maybe. On a total tangent, I was watching Hellraiser, and it kind of reminded me when she seduces businessmen back to her house to kill them. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson? Yes. Yeah. I, but it's been a second. My... Huh? It's been like a while. Like, I kind oh, of yeah. forgot I, what happened. I love that film. That's one of my favorite horrors. Hmm. Is it, do you know if it's streaming anywhere? I'll have to look and um, see. It's usually on like Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. It's usually free somewhere. It's really um, very different. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's a very unique film. Yeah. But it yeah. kind of like, because yeah. the story is she's seducing people back to her house to mm-hmm. feed something. What, what, what was the don't other know one? What it oh, is. the um, a promising young woman I just finally watched recently. That's the, oh yeah, under that same guise of you know women seducing men back for a purpose. That yeah. was an incredible, not a horror movie, good. but that was a really, really good. good. Yeah. Well, it's like kind of psychologically, psychologically creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it is strange. Yeah, it is upsetting. <laughs> yeah, you for know, sure. it's, it's just yeah, uh, it, yeah. it doesn't end well. <laughs> well, I want to revisit Midsummer. I'll give it a re. 
yeah. rewatch. I I'm feel trying like to I remember if I like, ever did watch it a second time. I'm, like a snobby. I might not have. The it's been on are, Amazon Prime for ages and yeah, ages. Yeah. Uh, I, I went with a couple of people and we we all had the same reaction to it. We all loved it. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's the first time you met my boy, my boyfriend and we all went uh, together and I got on like a handful of dates with him. And it was the first and, time any of us met him at all. And I'm like, we're going to go see Midsummer, And we go <laughs> see it. And I look over and he's like, what is this? This is going to be like interesting. And he's like eating the pie and stuff. And he's like, what is this? And I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like, this is like not first dates. Well, it wasn't our first, but yeah. it was not good. Oh, so um, what would you say for... Um, if you would have oh, my parent corner, parents, parent yeah. corner. Yeah. I was thinking, Show this um, to your child. No. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yep. Grace, uh, Grace watched it. Um, and when we went into it, I told her, and that's the thing is that now she's, you know, 12, 12 and a half. Um, and we've been doing this for a long time, watching scary movies and everything, but also just in general, her getting older where it's like, she knows what sex is now. You know, it's mm. not like back when she was like nine and ten and I was the like, jig oh, is up. yeah, right. And so I can just tell her very directly like, oh, well, it's got this sex scene or this is going to happen or like, but they don't really show anything or, you know, it's um, we can kind of dialogue about it a little bit more before we watch the movie. So I don't feel like I'm hiding things from her. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like, OK, well, we're going to skip this part because blah, blah, blah. And um, but with Hellraiser, I hadn't rewatched it probably in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told her that I did remember that there was, I th- thought I remembered there being just one. It turned out, I think that there were maybe two and a half. Um, but the problem was um, if you were to try and skip it, and this um, this snag came up with her where I was like, okay, well, we'll just fast forward, is that there's a, um, a meshing together of two scenes. The flashback scene where Julia's sleeping with Frank before the wedding, mm-hmm. and then the part where Larry cuts his hand on the nail. That's right. And oh. so they cut back and forth really fast between the two. That's and right. so if you're trying to skip the sex scene, you miss I'm the like content the of, of his hand. injury. Yeah. And without seeing his injury, then I had to, and then I was like, oh, crap. So then we got to the point, and then, then I'm just like, okay, well, now he's just bleeding from his hand. And I say, okay, well, he just, you know, he hurt his hand, and, and that was fine. But like you say, the, the actual injury of the hand is kind of one of the, not better parts of the movie, but it was, it's it's creepy, and it's gross, and it, it gets gives you a reaction and so to miss it is kind of a bummer just because you're trying to skip the sex scene that it's folded in with Mm -hmm. yeah it is folded in with that scene yeah. I didn't even know. I don't even yeah. realize that. Yeah, I didn't notice that part. Um, but in general, I would say this this wouldn't be for younger kids, and not even so much because I mean it is it might scare them. The visuals of the Cenobites are you know kind of scary. It's just really gross and gnarly, mm-hmm. and there is you know a handful of sex scenes, and then like you know new like there's all those Polaroids of Frank with his you know yeah. Latin ladies doing all kinds of sexy stuff that they flip through and everything so there's a lot of visuals that are adult slanted Mm -hmm. um and then you know the gore is is gross it you know i don't think that a lot of kids would watch that and just be like oh okay you know like yeah like my daughter um deke would like have nightmares for the rest of his life if you saw that creature going down very bloody movie yeah Yeah. and some of the gross stuff as well was early on with the maggots yeah, yeah, gross. yeah, rotting, and at rotting the end, food. When she was drinking tea, there were two dead cockroaches right by her cup of tea. Did you see that? Do you notice that? No, mm-hmm. I right didn't at the end, notice. where you get that great, like, full circle bit where she, the woman in Morocco, so mm-hmm. she's drinking tea, and there's the box, but there's like two dead Ew. cockroaches on the mm-hmm. table. I, yeah. Unless that's in the beginning. Anyway, I mean, yeah, that's true. For dead cockroaches, I thought, I'm not yeah. going to eat at this cafe. It's disgusting. Oh, no. And <laughs> Keep your bloody box. And you're like, I, <laughs> don't Cinnabon? ever think life is too vanilla for you and go get, you know, like, <laughs> right? or, go get a bo- weird box. To, yeah, don't go for the weird box. No way. Um, but yeah, so I, I, would, I wouldn't think that, you know, this would definitely be like maybe a 13, 14 upward. So did she enjoy it? I I wouldn't say she enjoyed it, but the one thing that I told, I think I, I mentioned to you that um, she did finish it, which with some horror movies, for one reason or another, either I, sometimes I think it's because she really thinks it's too scary and she doesn't want to continue, she'll ask to stop. Uh, sometimes it's because she thinks it's boring. 
<laughs> she'll ask to stop. Um, and so the fact that she, and I, I asked her halfway through, I was like, we don't have to finish this if you don't want to. Because I told her that in the middle of, you know, Friday the 13th, number five. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and we had like bolted from the room. She's like, this is some hot garbo. Yeah. I'm going to go. This I'm is <laughs> um, But this one she did finish. So, I mean, and maybe that's a testament to the story that um, she was interested enough that she wanted to good. know what it's happened. A, it's a pretty mm-hmm. good story because Clyde Bach is a great story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which that's is a shame. True. The film is—it's—I think it's the actors that let it down. Actually. Yeah. Does he have anything to do with the reboot? Um, let me happening? check for the reboot. Well, he's, he wrote the original short story. Yeah, yeah. and he is involved. Yeah. He's credited on all the sequels. Uh-huh. It, um, it, I don't know how much that reflects his actual involvement. Yeah, how much? Um, but here, I'll I'll check and see um, if he's involved in the reboot. I mean, I'm sure obviously he's going to get writership credit for the creation of the characters. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, let's see. It'd be interesting well, were, to know because I, I grew up watching lots of horror. My grand my my parents were totally free with showing me stuff. They took me to see Jaws when I was like. Five, that traumatized me, but I fell in love with that movie really hard, and I'm still very much in love with that movie Mm -hmm, to this mm -hmm. day. And um, but then my grandfather used to, I used to, my parents used to go away for the weekend to London and stuff like that, and I'd go and stay with my grandparents, which I knew meant we'd stay up late on a Saturday and watch horror movies like Them and Dracula and all those classics. Mm -hmm. And so I just loved horror. Jaws was the only time I was traumatized in the cinema. I think. <laughs> well, five is really, is really his young. Name to me. <laughs> but did you, Meredith? Did you grow up like loving horror straight from childhood, or was it? Um. Sorry, well, I'm interviewing now. This is you're interviewing me. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. We've never, never talked, talked about that. We actually haven't really. Yeah. We haven't really talked about it. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, my first, I always really loved reading the Goosebumps books. When I was a kid, and one thing that, like, really introduced me to, like, the macabre and the creepy was the scary stories, stories to, to tell in the dark, dark, which I love. Uh, that gave us a whole generation of people like us. Oh, people who were, I'm yeah. like, I want more of this. Give right. me more of this. And How even, this makes me feel is what I want. Yeah, I'm like, I'm nervous. I kind of feel like I'm going to throw up a little bit. Like, I want more of this. But I like, don't want to stop. I want to keep reading. Keep I want to see these pictures. Yeah. And then I'm going to close the book, but then I'm going to open like, it and look at it again. Like, because those illustrations were oh. horrifying. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got a copy of that in my, um, in my, I'm not a teacher anymore. I'm a sort of assistant principal. And um, I've got books in my office, but I do have a copy of that that I keep. And mm-hmm. I never read it to kids. I just read it myself. You I should not like read it. it to children. No, <laughs> and it's always on at book fairs. It's always for sale at book fairs and stuff. They always and, and the in, library gives it. Uh, yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> too. It was and the hot thing in my really school dark. library growing up. Oh yeah, the Alvin Schwartz like those charcoal drawings mm-hmm. were yeah. are horrifying. Yeah, um, but then when. Like I said, I mentioned that I would watch UPN Channel Twenty One and see mm-hmm. all those sh- like movies and things. Mm-hmm. But before that, I watched it when it premiered on ABC in nineteen. This, this Tim Curry one. Yes, yeah. so in like I was like eight years old. Yeah, and I was like, I was, of course, unsupervised, living <laughs> my life watching television, <laughs> and it was one of those with the dials. Yeah. And I saw a clown, and I was like, what's this? And then he was like, err, with his teeth, and I was like, ah! And I, like, changed it. <laughs> and then I was like, I had my hand on the dial, and I was like, I wonder what happens. Mm. And then oh, I go wow. back. That's and so then cool. I was too scared, and I was like, oh. And I kept changing it, and then I was like, I think I waited long enough. And I just kept doing that, and so eventually funny. I just left it on there. I wanted to know what happened. So that was the, the beginning of the culmination. That's of a great anecdote. I love that. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, I was, like, all sweaty. I felt really nervous. And I was like, I'm going to get in so much trouble watching this. So. And I think, I don't know, Katie, do you want, do you have an add to this? Like, if you have um, any. Early horror. Any memories? Um, yeah, my, my yeah, first. Um, it. My first horror movie that I loved was The Exorcist. Um, yeah. But it was, again, the, the situation where it was. Um, I had it taped off of TV. And so it was edited for yeah. content. Um, and the edited for content in the 80s was a lot. And they're a lot freer with their content now than they mm-hmm. used to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I don't really remember um, how. Um, 
how much uh, I, I would have missed. Obviously, I'm not going to remember specifically. Um, but I do know, like, looking, if you watch it now and it's uncut entirety, I'm like, well, they definitely didn't show that in the version I was growing uh, up with. Yeah, and yeah. that scene definitely didn't happen. And I'm sure that shot was not in it. Um, but I, I, I loved it. And so I would, um, when I would do sleepovers at my Nana's house and then she would go upstairs to bed and she'd leave me downstairs. She had the big tube television in the kitchen, which was where the VCR was. And she had her, you know, handful of cassettes that all different movies taped off of TV. And so it was The Exorcist. And then First Blood was the other one that I loved to watch. Love that film. And, uh, That's so another one of my favorites. She had um, one Perfect. of those uh, big chaise lounges in her backyard that had um, like a long cushion. And so I would drag the chaise lounge cushion in onto the kitchen floor right in front of this giant <laughs> tube TV and, and watch these taped off of TV movies. Um, so The Exorcist would have been the first scary movie that I really loved. And then, um, but one of the first uh, movies that I ever remember being really, really frightened by was It. Mm. Was oh, yeah. The, the Stephen first King end. was, he is yeah. the king. Um, and and Tim Curry great. has a gift. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. I, I love, I loved him. And yeah, he was perfect. He's yeah. not very well, is he? No. no yeah. I, in the wheelchair. I, um, yeah, speaking of inappropriate things, like Sean, <laughs> I forgot to mention this. I had my outdoor showing of Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror, which I forgot to say. I saw you post that on Facebook. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. But my kids watched it too, and I'm like, "What do they think?" They well, I said, "Close your eyes, like earmuffs, mm-hmm. like close your like when the more like the sexier parts." But mm-hmm. they had a lot of fun. They like sang the songs, and we blew bubbles and shot squirt guns in the air, and had the newspaper and. It was a lot of fun, but um, we got up and d- yeah. did the time warp. Yeah, it was really, it was I a good wa- time. I watched really that good the time. other day actually because I saw your post and it yeah. inspired me because I haven't seen it since I was in college, <laughs> and it's generally pretty bad. Yeah, but you can't take your eyes off Tim Curry. So yeah. he's good. amazing, he's captivating. So I that's love one of the him. best movie performances ever. There, I said it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch incredible. him in Clue. Yeah. Every goddamn year. I'll watch oh, yeah. them every yeah. year. Well, that's right, because Clue, It, and Rocky Horror are three of Grace's favorite movies. Oh, that's yeah. That's why, like, the she... The trifecta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I actually made her... I had bought... I had splurged and bought myself a button maker like a big nerd. And, um, <laughs> nerd <alert>. One <laughs> of the first buttons I made her is I took... I made a little button that had a picture of Wadsworth, Pennywise, and Dr. Frankenfurter, like the three faces in like a little grouping, and then put it on a little button for oh, her. Oh, that's really nice. So I am. I'm. I'm a Must really good mom. Yeah, a you're really, a good mom. really good. You're like mom. here. Watch this. B have nightmares, and also here's a cute button. Here's a button <laughs> to remind you of the things that give you nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you're starting to sleep well, look yeah. at the button. I know. <laughs> It'll all be fine. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us this time around, Tony. That this was, was a, so fun. a blast. Please ask yeah. back again. You will. You, you will. You know, you fit yeah. really seamlessly into our dialogue. Yeah. I have I to say. I so. talk about horror movies with anyone, but. Myself in, yeah. in the shower. Well, oh, you, okay. you showed a lot of restraint for having all of it bottled up. So, yeah. Yeah. well done. Yeah, me and my dad talk a lot about horror movies. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Exorcist is the one film you will not watch. It's really strange. Yeah. Well, I keep saying to him, yeah. you should see it. It's a really good movie because he's a big fan of the album Tubular Bells, which was the soundtrack to mm, The Exorcist. Okay. Oh, yeah, and I, yeah. He's, and he keeps saying, I love that music. He said, well, you should watch the film. It's really good. It's actually a very good film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. Is it just Maybe. too it's, too much? I don't know. It's just weird because he loves the alien movies and he loves mm-hmm. the fly and Jaws. Me and him, we share shared passion with that. But the Exorcist is just something he. It's too creepy for him. It's just too it's much. Too yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is sort of. It's changed the ethos yeah. of of American like yeah. thought, honestly. And, and it's so beautiful. Yeah. Film. yeah. It's such a great movie. Yeah, it. it's beautiful and. The, at the uh, Universal Horror Nights, I'm wearing my hoodie. Um, I went to a few weeks ago. They had the Exorcist. They had a maze, and it was the Exorcist house built, and it had like actors yeah. who, and then the exorcism happening, and it was it was yeah. really cool. It was the it was biggest awesome. box office success. I'm so nitty with this stuff. Um, it beat <laughs> the Sound of Music, and then Jaws beat the Exorcist. So. 
Well, uh, in the end, horror will triumph. Horror, yeah. yeah. Well, everyone, didn't, everyone knows uh, this. <laughs> our friend Florence, I think, uh, is the one that actually has been to the steps in D.C. Because oh, they have yeah. that, oh, he that plaque. Yeah, yeah. In Georgetown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Nerds. Did you walk up then? We, we did. And at the top is the house as well. At the oh, top, yeah. yeah. The house race. I was thinking... Could he really jump from there? Mm. Oh, and yeah, other right. anecdotally, the um, house that is the exterior facade of the Elm Street house is for sale in L.A. right now. Oh. You can go see it on Zillow. <laughs> oh, well, something the, to strive for. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if I wanted to live in L.A., maybe, but I don't. Nah, so. <laughs> nah that's okay. Yeah. So next time we're going to talk about your next in in uh, celebrating Thanksgiving. This is going to be our Thanksgiving episode and family dinners <laughs> and family dinners. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll we'll talk about that. So if you want to watch um, or haven't watched it yet, you yeah, should, it's great. Should it's it. very entertaining. It is a, a violent one. It's not a ghost spooky or supernatural one it is a violent one it's so. like a strangers kind of situation yeah yeah so okay. so be warned that that's what you'd be getting into but yeah. it's also um kind of humorous and um a lot of great characters and it's it's a really good one i feel like i've seen it actually now that we talk about it more uh, i know for sure i've seen the trailer but i remember they had like the face mat like the, the animal, animal masks, masks yeah. and stuff but yeah because strangers they just had like the doll masks this, oh, this yeah. is the one that had the animal yeah. masks yeah okay all right, well, give it a watch, and because we're going to be, uh, you know, giving spoilers. So be Spoil ready. Spoil it away. All right, bye. Bye. bye.